All right, we are live for a Tuesday edition of the People's Talk Show. And uh, wow, just <laughs> the more time goes by, the more cracks are exposed in this banking contagion. And it happens to be with a pretty serious institution, as you guys can see from around me, Charles Schwab, which is a seven trillion empire built primarily over the last decade upon near zero or in real terms, negative uh, interest rate policies. And now that, uh, of course, interest rates are going up, losses are piling up and therefore there is more panic. So we're going to talk about this as well as a couple other things uh, that came across my radar today and hope everyone is doing well. Happy Tuesday to everybody. Uh, as always, want to make sure I welcome any first time viewers to the community. Uh, let me know where you're watching from via the chat. We'll love to acknowledge your presence, give you a shout out. And then, of course, when the phone lines open up, we'd we'll love to hear from you guys directly and see what you're keeping an eye on. And so uh, it's been a busy day. I got a, had a great interview earlier. I'll let that out tomorrow. And just, just, you know, just yeah, a lot of things are unfolding. So I'm trying to stay one step ahead as best I can. So uh, bear with me if I'm a little bit tardy due to trying to grab some last minute articles and thumb through them and, you know, pretty much formulate my uh, angle that I'm going to present it to you guys with. So welcome. Uh, may not be long tonight. We'll see where it takes us. But I uh, just want to get some stuff out that you guys know what's happening. Of course, you know, a lot of people are probably, probably talking about this, but um, I got to make sure I cover it just to make sure that uh, there's no there's nothing left unsaid. OK, so before I move forward, let me acknowledge a couple of people. I appreciate you and thank you for your patience. As always, let me know where you're watching from. We'd we'll love to acknowledge your presence. And so we got that Neil's Hang Dynasty checking in as well. Says buy platinum is silver. <laughs> we got Zena says, uh, hi, Mike. How you doing? We got Rolf. We got Tony B. Uh, what else we got here? Murray checking in. Um, let me see here. We got Ed checking in. Jane checking in. Todd, Jack Quace, uh, Tracy, Faith Parent checking in. Appreciate you guys, man. Supernatural. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for blessing me with your presence as always, man. It's good to be able to connect, connect with like-minded people. And, and if you have not, as of yet, please hit that thumbs up button. And if you're bold enough, hit that share button and uh, share it on your social media so more people can plug into uh, the alternative media perspective that comes from this uh, channel here. And so the biggest premise of all is to make sure you continue to take matters into your own hands just because you can't trust what these people are telling us, even though regulators, treasurers, you name it, everything is calm, everything is fine. There's enough liquidity to go around. There is enough liquidity to go around, but what happens when all that liquidity happens to reach Main Street? They, they're not talking about that. And so uh, that right there is called the inspect expansion of the monetary supply ultimately leaves in a erosion of purchasing power with the currency that you have worked so hard to save and to put into the hands of institutions such as Charles Schwab. And uh, they're having issues living up to those obligations. So anyway, it's going to be it's very interesting, man. But if you haven't, make sure you guys hit that. And if you're new, come across it for the first time, subscribe. Make sure you plug in. And also, if you haven't, make sure you connect with RTD on all these alternative platforms here just as a way to stay connected so you can be uh, always one step ahead. And if you are feeling generous and kind and want to contribute to the work that I do here, uh, feel free to support the channel. Uh, here's a couple of ways for you to do it right here in front of me. Links are in the description. Uh, any amount is a blessing. So ultimately, it'll be probably be turned into weight. So appreciate you for your support as well as help me keep this thing running. Okay. All right, man. So let me just jump right in. So I got a couple of headlines here, things that caught my attention. And of course, uh, I want to hear from you guys when the phone lines open up and then we'll see where it takes us. But <clears throat> let me just get right to the nitty gritty. All right. So 
showing cracks. Right? When I when I saw this, I'm like, wow, like you know, it's 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 getting real, <laughs> and it's just literally the first inning in reference to what could possibly unfold. Which everything, of course, is planned strategically, so it's nothing that's really of a surprise, other than it's catching people by surprise. But it's their swabs. Seven trillion empire built on low rates is showing cracks. And so I just basically thumb through this and I'll pull out some things that's worth mentioning. But uh, I got some little notes out here. But ultimately, it says a financial service firm, a bank and a brokerage. <laughs> so you got a bank, a brokerage and an investing firm all wrapped in one, which equates to that seven trillion. And uh, as of now here, it says uh, all of its businesses, all over 34 million accounts. So 34 million people have their funds with this particular institution here. Uh, it's being affected by the worst banking crisis in the U.S. since 20, 2008. It says the firm, I'm just reading from some notes here, the firm has forced, uh, has been faced with losses on its long-dated bonds, which amounted to more than $29 billion last year, and customers moving their cash out of certain accounts that underpins Swab's business model. So one of the business models for Charles Swab's, as well as a variety of other brokerage houses, happens to have been built on the nature of having extremely low interest rates for such a long period of time, they rebranded their business model by simply offering lower fees when it comes to doing all types of trading as well as parking your funds there and all the products they've spun off over the last almost 10 years being near zero interest rate policies. And now it's coming back to bite them in the butt. And so the losses are piling up and it's really exposing the risk or the lack thereof of risk management and borderline malfeasance with depositors funds, just because they, of course, by now everybody know you, 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 you buy something that's ultimately uh, going to end up being worth this at some point in the future. Cause we we're approaching a sovereign debt crisis. As I mentioned that before, just because there's going to be the need for more debt that our government issues. But then once again, institutions are not really going to be as excited to run back into the same trap that got them in this in the first place. So it's going to be a lot more coming, but this business model of offering no trading fees and damn near zero um, uh, just, uh, business model is coming back to bite them in the butt. So this Charles Swabs is, you know, just going to be the beginning because you name a couple other brokerage houses, uh, you know, TD Ameritrade actually was just purchased by Charles Swabs. So it's going to get, you know, the dominoes are still falling and it's going to get uglier. But anyway, just a couple other things here that uh is worth reading and mentioning and so what we got here one of the uh main things is uh uh the the the, the mark the money market funds which on average are paying about four percent interest now that we are moving up in, in with our interest rate policies charles swaps accounts on average were paying well less than one percent and so you factor in if you can pull your funds and either give it to the government to earn some interest on, you know, buying some debt, short term debt, or you can put it in other firms that have already been, been able to adjust to this uh, interest rate hike that automatically will lead to outflow, outflow of cash. So that's one of the primary reasons why Charles Schwab is having some issues and it's not really looking any better. And so that's just a little, little quick glimpse of that article there. So just move along. Uh, here's another interesting headline that caught my attention just because it gives more details into how actual, you know, how the interest rate, as it says here, the interest rate dilemma has led to what has been considered probably a flawed business model, as I just kind of referenced. 
And just let me share with you some notes that I have here. Uh, it is definitely worth reading if I can get to them. I figure it's easier than, than just ranting off the top of my head. But uh, real quick here. Uh, so Charles Schwab, as it says, here, has been focusing on diversifying its revenue streams and increasing its presence in the wealth management space. And so on top of everything I just mentioned uh, from the other article here, it says the company's profits are highly dependent on low interest rates. And as rates rise begin, its profitability is suffering. Schwab has focused on diversifying as I was mentioned that. So it says Schwab's net interest revenue fell by 7% in Q4 of 2020 and 4% in Q1 of 2021. So their losses have been adding up ever since Jerome Powell changed his mind from not going to pivot or not going to hike until they all of a sudden start hiking too much and it's starting to catch up with them in big time. So 29 billion is no joke whatsoever. So it's going to get real in the field. All right. So another article here, let me share, share just go, go to these the best I can here. This one here is, is interesting. So let me make sure I'm on the right screen here. All right. Yeah. So you guys can see it. All right. So, this is not a this is not another banking crisis analyst says it's sentiment contagion <laughs> instead. And so ultimately, overarching sentiment is that things are spiraling out of control and it's spreading well beyond what financial regulators can actually contain. And so through just sheer word of mouth on top of you know external fears beyond what you know is actually in the banking sector more people are beginning to question exactly uh as to whether or not their funds are in good hands and that in and of itself leads to a, a daisy chain of events of people wanting to either pull more or remove more into other accounts that are offered as being more stable and so we're going to see a lot more. But this article here tried to blame all types of things such as like the war, you know, the health situation. It, it was, you know, quite it was a little bit of everywhere. But the sentiment contagion is the part I wanted to hit at. So anyway, uh, another article here. This is uh, going to be interesting. And I talked touched on this a little bit the other day about some of the shadow banking and things like that. But ultimately, um, you know, a lot of private equity firms were allowed to take out a lot of cheap loans over the last several years because of the interest rate environment we were in. And now a lot of that's coming due. And so there's going to be a lot of smaller, but yet heavily indebted companies that are experiencing the same type of losses that we may not hear about. And so what that will end up doing is forcing the Fed to have to really begin offering more support to more entities, well more or well beyond what they're actually telling us. And so that is something that you know we may not find out the name of all the companies that will end up being forced to somehow be bailed out <laughs> ultimately because a lot of these institutions are not fully regulated and things of that nature. So they may not be able to use that new uh, one-year lending window. And if they do use it, then what? Like, you know, it's, it's still going to be problems in the economy because just the overall economic conditions are not the greatest. So it, it, it spells no way out for the federal reserve they are backed into a corner and ultimately the only thing they can do is pour more gasoline on a fire and the gasoline happens to be the currency so yeah and this is just stuff that's happening you know within our region here that hidden leverage is it's 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 global 
And just to show you how bad things are developing in Europe, here's an, another interesting article here that is worth mentioning, because not only is it happening here in the U.S., it's happening in the Eurozone and they're setting records. So as you guys can see here, it says money pulled from Eurozone banks at record rate in February. So as of last month, 214 billion was pulled from Eurozone banks within a five month time frame here. And this was probably it's, it's I'm sure it's probably increased significantly since uh, this February figures came out. So uh, you're not alone if you are concerned with uh, your funds and your retirement funds and all these brokerage houses and the products they've offered for so long. Everyone in develop in the developed world is really concerned. So there's just some things that caught my attention. But, you know, the cracks are really starting to make their way to the surface when you have such big institutions really uh, coming to mm. coming to uh, 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 probably a po possibly an end. It's going to be a, a major contraction of all these companies. We're going to find out which companies are built to last and which ones are not. And it's my suspicion that a lot of these companies will probably not make it through this current time frame just because customers will remove their funds from them and they're going to take them somewhere. And of course, the setup is for the too big to fail banks to be the recipients of all those funds, just because I think I think that's the, the game plan that is underway with what's happening amongst the banking community. So I think Jamie Dimon might or is being positioned to be the last man standing. Uh, for multiple reasons. So anyway, that's just some articles that caught my attention, real quick glimpse uh, as to what's happening. But uh, yeah, so there's not, uh, there's no joke, man. Things are really getting serious and this is just you know, on the investing side. So, all right, uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit. Uh, we'll see, we have about a hundred and uh, so people, 180 so people here. If you haven't, as I mentioned, hit that thumbs up button, show your support for the channel. What are your thoughts about this? Does it surprise you? I actually, um, uh, Tom, if you're out, if you're out there who joins me on a hangout, he uh, actually sent me a, a text message of, of a screenshot uh, about his TD Ameritrade account being turned over to Charles Schwab, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, by the, I think it was by May, it was by May 22nd or 23rd. And it, it, we were discussing that and something else around that same time period. Uh, there was, uh, let me see, there it was another, another event planned around the end of May to where I think it was TD Ameritrade's uh, services would be offline for that holiday weekend as it's being rolled over to Charles Schwab. And here we have Charles Schwab having an issue. So TD Ameritrade being bought by Charles Schwab's around Memorial Day weekend. Uh, TD Ameritrade is going offline to transfer accounts over. I'm thinking like, wow, that's a that's a that's an ex extended weekend that a lot of people who are being moved over from TD Ameritrade to Charles Schwab, not by choice, of course, just because Charles Schwab took over TD Ameritrade. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of a lot of concern, a lot of angst in that uh, weekend there. And I'm like, what better time frame to actually have a much bigger event that could probably impact the banking sector as well. So those are just some things happening out here and uh, we ain't seen nothing yet. All right, man. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Uh, I did enough ranting. Uh, let's uh, open, open up the phone lines and we can just uh, go back and forth a little bit. Curious to see what else you guys are keeping an eye on. And uh, just, yeah, just had a great interview today. I'm going to share it about, you know, some real positive news about metals 
and especially silver. And so it's going to be a very interesting time frame this upcoming spring and summer. So before I move, do that, get your questions ready, get your thoughts ready, put them in the chat, get ready, give me a call, and then we'll see where it takes us. But before I do that, let me give a quick shout out to four Patriots. And of, of course, based upon concerns in the supply issues, supply chain gain, Coming to spring with crops as the possibility of Russia withholding some things as well as uh, Europe and all the agricultural issues they're having there with, you know, the zero carbon policy. That means a lot of farmers will not be sending and shipping goods and services. Therefore, the food supply may not be as plentiful or it's going to come at a price. So getting ahead of the curve is definitely something you guys want to do. So take a listen to this. Did you know that China is hoarding a massive amount of food? They will soon have over two-thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice, and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. So what does China know that we don't? China is the world's number one importer, relying on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. This makes them the canary in the coal mine when it comes to global food shortages. As Americans, we need to be prepared for potential food shortages. That's where 4Patriot Survival Food comes in. Their kits are compact, stackable, and have received a five-star review for their flavor and taste. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by using code RTD at checkout at 4Patriots.com. Don't wait. Prepare today. Once again, use code RTD at 4Patriots.com and save 10% on your first purchase. All right. We are back. And, um, yeah, want to hear from you guys. So let's talk, man. Give me a call. Let me get this. Uh, let me get this. Uh information out there so everybody know what number to call 313-462-0027 give me a call or put something in the chat something that came across your radar that you guys want to touch on and we can definitely do that and definitely i do see i see um rolf says you know the top five or six banks will run the cbdc and ubi yeah it's a consolidation of power it's been happening every single recession every single panic so we got the panic of 1907 which create which led to the creation of the federal reserve panic of 1913 we got the panic of the, or the depression of the thirties. Then we got the panic of you name every, every decade or so there's a panic or the recession of depression and the banking sector shrinks, shrink, 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 right. So right now we're down a couple thousand, a couple, couple thousand, which will probably go to a couple hundred with the next year or so. Then down to a couple, you know, in a, in a hundred, hundred range and, and there on. So it, it's, this is by design, of course. All right, caller, uh, let's get somebody on here. Let's find out what we got here. Hello, caller. Which name are you calling from? Steve, what's going on, my friend? Hey, uh, since a couple of videos there, um, one of them is uh, uh, Kroger's Kroger's grocery stores. Uh, they're going to like over over four hundred of them. Mm, really? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, so that's in your email there, and then uh, the other one is uh, uh, three manufacturing three manufacturing plants uh, blow up in Mexico mm -hmm. on, on the same day. <laughs> Keeping in mind, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's uh, a what a coincidence that is. <laughs> How does three go yeah. up in one day? <laughs> yeah, three. Uh, and then the last thing is uh, just just on the lighter side of things. Uh, on Netflix, uh, the movie about McDonald's mm -hmm. that's a good movie. Uh, so uh, if you want to check that out on Netflix, go ahead. And there's, there's also a, a menu uh, that I sent you on that. Do you have that there? The uh, the burgers menu. Or McDonald's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Are, you, are, you, are you able to post that? Yep. I, I got Yeah, I got it on the screen right now. Give us a quick glimpse. So it looks like the prices of when McDonald's first started, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the original menu. Uh, <laughs> a burger, 
a brine, and a, and a Coke of 35 cents. Yeah, we've come a long way since then, my friend. <laughs> we all know that. That yeah. is ridiculous, man. I'm going to jump here and listen to the rest of the show. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for calling and sharing that. Uh, yeah, we've come a long way. It says 10 cent root beer, 10 cent. What's that? Orange aid, Coca-Cola, French fries, 10 cents, milk, 20 cents, a hamburger, 15 cents. Yeah, those days are long gone. <laughs> long gone. OK, yeah. What else is going on? Uh, Roth says the U.S. is already in World War Three. Just uh, you just denying it still if you're in your mind, but it's always at the point where the will never go back where it was before 2022. Uh, yeah, I would say I would say even before 2022, you know, we'll never go back before, you know, March was it March. March was March was March 21st, you know, 2020, when we were supposed to just have 15 days to stop the spread. Like everything has been going downhill since then. And it's just been all types of craziness. Like, you know, Satan is just ramping things up in, in warp speed. Obviously, he knows his time is short. Oh, man. But anyway, uh, let's get some more calls here. What else we got? Let me get here. Hello, caller. What's name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike. It's Mike from Pacorn, California. Mike, what's going on, my friend? Oh, just not much, man. Just uh, trying to get prepared for this next batch of rain coming in. I'm over it. Oh, yeah. I heard you guys got, you know, tsunamis and, you know, water flooding. I mean, what's going on? I mean, is Tornadoes. It... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, it's been some wild stuff. Today was nice, though. It was 80 degrees today. It was normal California springtime today. Yeah. But tomorrow, no. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to let your viewers know that um, what I've been noticing about these bank failures is that they let the bondholders fail. Mm -hmm. And what's a bond holder on that? You know, that's my question. Like, yeah. Did they buy the bond on the open market or is that your money market account? Is that your interest bearing savings account there? You know, anything that gets a yield, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I, I would just be careful about where you put it in mm -hmm. the bank. You might think you're safe and you might not be safe, you know? Right. And that's where like, the, the, the scramble right now is to try to reinstate confidence in the financial system in general because of that discrepancy on who's safe and who's not. And ultimately, the uber wealthy people who have well beyond our 250,000, those are the ones that pretty much part, for the most part keep the banks alive. And so if they don't have confidence that they're going to be safe, then there is no system. So now it's to scramble to find out how much they're going to try. How much? How much is will they be willing to insure? And will that work? I doubt it. So, it, it, I think the cat's out the bag now. It's too late, man. And more people are realizing that you know they may not be able to get a hold of what they think is theirs in time. So why take the chance? And that's a part of the whole banking contagion and sentiment that I was talking about earlier. So, yeah, people know better now. Then, so we'll see. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, so that's uh, another concern that I have is if you have if if you're considered a bondholder in like a money market account, mm -hmm. you can have less than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the money market account. You might think you are insured by that FDIC, mm -hmm. but you might not be if it's a high yield account. Which what's high yield to these guys? You know, right? <laughs> like it, it might be at risk, and you may not even know it. And they're wording and they're they're their products uh, 
kind of, you know, they kind of dance around it. They don't tell you what you're investing in to get that yield. It's got to come from somewhere. A hundred percent. And that's where the risk falls on you as a, as a, as a holder of that instrument, interest, interest, and, and you get my, get what I'm saying. <laughs> instrument, <we> right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, so they just uh, keep the weight up, right, man? Hey, exactly. It's never been more crucial, man. Appreciate you calling, my friend. Thank you for keeping us up to date. Hey, have a good one. I'll talk yeah. to you again. Yeah, be good. Yeah. You can't get my tongue on that one. I couldn't even get the word instrument in my mouth. All right, man. What else you got going on here? Um, Yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, interesting times, man. Interesting time. So I did see Roth. You said something about. Uh, I, I do be posting about. Let me. I do be posting about uh, what's happening in France. France right now, Macron is not too favorable right now. So I don't think the people are gonna leave the streets no time soon. Because one thing about France is that, you know, of course Europe in general. Everybody who anybody's ever who's ever been in Europe, you know how laid back and relaxed Europe is. To where, you know, they are. They 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 their lifestyle is a lot different than ours. To where their pensions is a major is a major foundation to their to their you know job security so their pensions is similar to our social security here and when you try to go from 62 to 64 without actually having it voted upon that's enough to get a lot of people pissed so imagine on the same front here with social security if they start making some changes other than i think they probably already attempted to hike the age up for retirement in general but that's definitely going to get some notice and the thing here people in the u.s they too bougie to hit the street so they could probably actually get away with it here. That's the sad part about it. All right, let me get some more calls in. I'm up here ranting too much. Uh, let me see here. Forgive me. I did miss a couple calls. Forgive me. Uh, give me a call back. I'll get you on here. Um, Carlos says, my people, get ready. Next stimulus, big Donnie for gold and silver feds trap, and they won't let markets collapse. Hey, keep everybody happy. Um, yeah, they, and they'll, of course, the only thing they can do is pour more gasoline on the fire. So that's going to keep people happy until people realize that the blaze that's burning harder and stronger happens to be because of the gas put on a fire, which is the currency. So I think this time around, it, it'll work in the short term just because your average Joe have been conditioned to think that just having possession of digits makes you, I guess, wealthy or, or make it gives you that, that sense of comfort because there's, there's emotions attached to digital numbers. And so just the idea of seeing digits on your screen make you feel one way, but then when you go to spend those digits and you're not getting, as much or getting less than what you were getting when the digits were smaller. That's how people realize what's going on. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike. It's Ed. Hey, I'm going to be real short tonight. For yes, you. sir. What's going on in mind? What's on? What's up, Ed? Um, I listen to Gregory Manorino. I've been listening to him for years. He got me on the silver kick before you did. Mm -hmm. But he never throws out any numbers or predictions on prices or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But um, today he said he did the whole you know, with the, oh, I forget which stock goes to uh, 5,000 and gold will be 5,000, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, one to one. Mm -hmm. So we went one to one. He said uh, stock market 8,000, gold 8,000, 10 to one, silver 800. I said, beach, condo, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Um... I think I was listening. I was listening to somebody else. Well, it wasn't Greg, but it was somebody else. And they also threw out a number. Oh, no, it was um, it was the Cliff High interview with Man in America. And they were, you know, of course, Cliff Cliff High threw out, you know, six hundred dollars silver, da, 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 whatever. So and to, right now it, it sounds far fetched. But then again, 
look at the flip side of that. You know, where is the currency at? Where is the actual fiat currency at? That's where the Fed's balance sheet is, you know, 10, 15, 20 trillion dollars and government debt is whatever. And, and, and it's just a poor reflection of the fiat currency. So it's good if you got to if you if you good, it's good if you have possession of the silver. But then if you're on the other side of that, where you thinking that, you know, the currency is still of real use, you know, that's you on the, on the wrong side of the equation. So, yeah, those type of numbers, man, like I can't imagine them. But, you know, I, I just hope to be in a better position when, when if those numbers occur. And there's actually stuff on the shelves that I need that I can go get when I need it. Cause more than likely I ain't gonna be too much commerce going on. You know, can you imagine if the real estate market dies and silver and gold does that well? I mean, what you could really, you know, that's how these guys built wealth in the depression mm-hmm. and you know, all these, all these rich guys, you know, the Galbraiths and the, you know, all these guys that, that made money on real estate. But yeah, that was encouraging to hear that. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to your interview tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. It was a good one. Well, Mr. Leo Gantz, he drops some nuggets, man, about deglobalization and a de-dollarization together, how it's all tied up right now. So it was, a, it was a good one, man. But hey, man, appreciate you calling, my friend. Yeah, one other thing, when we, uh, when we, when we, a silver bug do hit it big, man, we got to help the brothers and sisters in Christ first. You know, that's, that's our duty. I do agree, my friend. I do agree. Thank you for calling in. All right, Mike. Bye. Yeah. Hello, caller. What's name? Where you calling from? Uh, yeah, this is Roger from South Texas. Roger from South Texas. What's going on with you, Roger? You know, I'm just thinking about the timeline, you know, because, uh, you know, obviously we think about 71, we think about the 2000 crisis, but the big one was 2008, mm-hmm. and we just keep moving further and further. And, you know, you've had people telling you for 10, 15 years that, you know, you got to do this, this is going to happen. But, I mean, it really is looking like now is the time, you know. I, I, I'm kind of, like, thinking, like, I hesitated on buying more silver, which, you know, I've got some, you mm-hmm. know. But, uh, and, and I'm just thinking, like, is it time to put the puts in? Is it time to start thinking seriously about uh, a crash coming real soon? I mean, is this bank mm-hmm. a warning? Uh, why don't you give me your thoughts off there, and I'll just like kind of hear about what you think the timeline's looking. And that's where, like, so that's one of the problems with you know being in this space. Given times, always make you look like an ass, just because they somehow, some way, they've managed to kick the can further. And even though things are starting to crack, there's things are starting to be exposed. Confidence is eroding. I still wouldn't sleep on the fact that they can pull some more time out of this, just because as of right now, the world still uses dollars and so right. as long as the world still use dollars the system can go on and it can just take you know we can like the titanic or like a ship just sinking we can take take our losses you know taking on lots of water but the thing can manage to stay afloat <laughs> to where you know you, you can lose a lot you know unless you're an experienced trader you know what you're doing but then again there is opportunity out there so i, I personally i'm not sophisticated enough to know how to get in get out and play the game like that because it's, it's, you don't know the timing and i I've, i'm not smart enough or I'm not my pockets aren't long enough to bet against an institution that is hell bent on making sure that their bankers are protected before the people. So I wouldn't bet against, you know, the big banks. I might bet against the small banks, but not the big banks. So time it, I don't know. But, you know, if you've been successful in being able to time things in the past and, hey, keep, keep doing what you're doing. But that's not something I've ever been able to play with. So I'm more like, you know, while I earn currency, put that currency to use, have some and just in case I need it for emergencies as well as opportunities that present themselves. But, you know, one of the things I'm also concerned with having enough ammunition, having enough calories, having enough weight, having enough, you know, of those items because life might still go on. 
but then being able to get what you need from shelves, get what you need from wherever, you know, and enjoy your life might become pricier or less hard to find. So that's kind of where I keep my mind at these days. All right, Mike. But like I said, you know, I, I think that, that that all these like stories of you got to prepare, you got to buy gold, you got to buy silver. I think finally, in the big scheme of things, I think finally we're looking at a few months window or a few year window. It's no longer just uh, Fugazi talking, mm -hmm. hey, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, I think it's actually happening right, now. Right. And, and like you said, I don't know. I don't know how big that balloon can get blown mm -hmm. before it pops. But anyway, right. those are my thoughts. Take for care. Sure. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for calling in. Hello, caller. What's name we calling from? Hello? Mike, Tony from Oakland. How you doing, bro? CB, doing good, my friend. What's on your mind? One more again? Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm curious as I keep hearing you say CBDCs is on the way. I keep hearing you say that everything's crashing and that, and eventually everything's going to go away. I'd like to know what that looks like for you when the CBDC gets in, into the picture. Um, What it looks like, I'm still trying to formulate that viewpoint. And so pretty much what I focus on is the stories that's given to us from around the world, from different governments that's rolling out their test trials and they're small, they're small, small groups as of now. But, you know, it seems like every major country is in the trial phase or development phase. And so they have intentions on putting some out there. Now, whether it works or not, I don't know. But what I suspect is that they all know that things are not doing too well. They will not be able to maintain the facade that the banking sector is stable and strong. So there's going to be an event of some kind that will expose it for what it really is of long Ponzi scheme type of an event. And as a result of that, my assumption is that even Christine Lagarde mentioned that, you know, the only way they can keep control of things is if they come out with a central bank digital currency. So they're going to try to issue some rebranded form of a currency that they control and whether it works, whether they get out there in time, I don't know, but you know, that's what everything appears to be heading towards. So that's kind of where I base my thesis at. But are you assuming that they, they don't control the currency now? They do because it has, you know, it has Federal, Federal Reserve note right on it. So it's in, it's in there. It's in your coffer somehow, some way. Okay. Why would you control the currency if you control the currency? Uh, it's there. They're, they're attempting to issue a different type of currency that is more, I guess, open source, no, not no closed source, but yet trackable, traceable, and everything on their end, outside of the commercial banking sector. Because based upon the, the trip, how often do you use a credit card? Oh, daily. Compared to your, your, your dollars. Uh, yeah, I, I, try to use, I try to use paper more than actual credit cards, but I use both. Which one do you use more? Uh, well, I have my card more so than I have cash. Okay, that, that's you and 100% of everybody else. Right. There's dollars being spread around right and everybody they've, they've already got this system unlocked and mm -hmm. um, I, you know i don't send you movies and, and clips to everything man but i sent you something on china about the, the their fx and their world reserve status and, and and i don't know if you get that information but it's something that you should probably share with the class no, so, um, so 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 watch this so, so, is on so their, it's on their way down they're not on their way up 
you know, when they when they're relating to other people like the BRICS nations, they're they're just trying to make their their trade more balanced. They, yeah, they don't care about the dollar. They they got a trillion of them. Right, they can right. Swap them out anytime they want. Of course, they're that's what they've been doing. Trade balance with these other countries more equitable, mm -hmm. and they're using all kind of things to do it because there's a lack of dollars. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if it's a lack of dollars, and you no longer, and you ultimately want to try to diversify away from them. Then that would lead it. That would lead more countries to want to use their own currencies, which they're doing more now of, as well as currency swaps, and basically trying to create alternative methods. Dollars are pouring into the U.S. buying bonds. Mm -hmm. Dollars are pouring back into the U.S. But they, you know, you get so many dollars, you don't want that because next thing you know, you got to get those things in circulation again. Right. And, and the hard thing to do is get them in circulation when you're in the depression. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What it's for is just a, a central bank digital currency. So, the, so, so they won't be utilized by the people. Uh, no, not for the people. So, no, no, re, no retail CBDCs. Okay. Let me let me do it this way. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be able to get enough CBDCs into the market for the world? You'll be able. So, but no, 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 no. See, but but every country's doing their own thing, and so. There'll be enough. The Bank of England mentioned that they're going to have like a, you know, they're just just them talking. They're going to have approximately, you know, every account can up hold up to about 10,000 of their digital units. And before they have, you know, limitations, expiration dates and stuff like that. So according to that model, which I'd assume applies to the U.S. and everywhere, digital yuan and all that other stuff, there's going to come with restrictions and things of that nature where it'll happen within their own country. But it all it'll all equal at the end of the day, they're all going to be on the same model. Right, but it's it's a private ledger. It's a private ledger that's on the commercial banking or the Federal Reserve's. Their twelve reserve banks more than likely got some warehouses now with servers and everything in between that they are able to control everything, and it's going to eventually be interconnected with the with the four or five banks that's rem that remains after this you know contagion you know blows away, and then that'll be I guess the continuation of the current system we have now, but it'll take place in collaboration with the Federal Reserve directly. Rather than just going through commercial banks and swiping your cards and creating currency that way, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a possible way. So, of course, we nobody knows for sure, but that just kind of seems like how but things you know are playing out. The, but you know, the Federal Reserve is not federal, right? Of course. How are they going to create something they can't create? Believe me, between now and the time something happens, they're going to get the authorization, just like they did to create the Federal Reserve, to come up with a new, a new way to serve the people directly. I mean, that's what they're working on. So. Why didn't they do it then? Wasn't time. <laughs> Wasn't time. They, they got they got a lot more lifeline left in the Federal Reserve system. Like the balance sheet right now is only you know less than nine trillion. They can they gonna try to get at least another ten to fifteen on top of that trillion, and then they'll have to make some adjustments because of just the, who's gonna take all who's gonna buy the government debt. That's about right. They're our boss right now, in a sense. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying is, why why would they change something that's working for them? All they do is, they, all they would do is just come up with another swap line. They talk about tools. If they had tools, they would resolve the problem. They don't resolve the problem. They, they don't react to the problem after the fact. The problem happened. Right. So there's no way they can be out in front of a CBDC and it's going to work. 
it's not going to work. But that's but but the goal is it's all about control, man. And so once they once they once once they get tired of once they get tired of paper being in circulation, once they get tired of paper in circulation, and they push us towards a cashless society because as you mentioned, nobody uses cash, so it'd be easier to move people out of physical cash and into a strategically placed and organized digital atmosphere like what we have now, but more controlled and more in their favor to maintain at the top of the food pyramid. That's all. Of course. So what makes you think they want to come after you for less than that? They, the Fed don't want your money, man. They already got it. I know. The, 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 our currency is there. And, and they get your money on their the day. They tax you twice. Right. They take your tax return. I mean, they, they've already got a slot. Why would they want to create something that don't do anything? Hey, hey. Yeah, the good thing is, yeah, the good thing is, I don't have the answers, but I just go upon what I assess based upon what's happening globally. So, but hey, I appreciate your call. Let me get some more calls in, man. Appreciate. Yeah. Hello, caller. Which name are we calling from? This is Pat from Alabama. How you doing, Pat? Doing good, my friend. Long time. What's going on with you? Oh, I broke my leg about October. You broke your leg. uh, Sorry to hear that. Yeah, you know, hip and uh, hip and uh, femur. At any rate, I, I just got to remind you, with mm-hmm. uh, Biden trying to buy his own war in Ukraine, <laughs> and uh, we got bank failures and all this, brother. Don't you see this is just adding into the fear? What's I that? Mean, they're building biggest fear ball I've ever seen. We've got uh, stuff coming from so many directions, it's hard to pick one. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, all these different narratives and distractions, diversion tactics, they're all they're all heading towards the same direction. And at the core of all this, of course, is the monetary system, whether it's east, west, you know, whatever, whatever they're feeding us. It's all about the current system and how they're trying to redo things. And so what it looks like, nobody knows, but it's definitely not going to be more liberating for the people so we'll have to just wait and see but once again you know these things must occur so <laughs> yeah well i'm i'm sitting here kind of pretty sitting back watching the thing uh don't know no debt mm-hmm. everything lovely as far as i'm concerned and i saw this back in 08 and 09 mm-hmm. and it's kind of like they just re-round it and send us off on that trail again yeah, I'm gonna let you go. Hey, uh, you don't get to hear an old man rattle because he doesn't understand everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, we hey, we in the same boat. I'm all try, always trying to learn. That's why I love interaction back and forth because that's how I learn. So I appreciate your call, my friend. All right, we thank a lot of you, Mike, and uh, we do listen to you even though we skipped you for a month. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Good to hear you. Good to hear your voice, my friend. Good to hear you. Bye. Be good. <laughs> Good old Pat. Appreciate you, Pat. Um, so, yeah, let me just as a reminder, man, like one of the good things about history is that so much we can learn from it and it tends to repeat. It's It tends to repeat and yet rhyme, but yet using technology you can always one up things. And so let me just share with you this visual aid here that I put together a couple of years ago, just showing you the trajectory 
that we've been on for the last uh, since the basically the removal of gold and silver out of our currency supply. And so like the changes we're experiencing now with our currency is nothing new, but it's been strategically done and designed based upon the way you see on the screen here. And so if you go back 1850, you see, you know, gold back, you see gold and silver circulating. And then of course they introduced paper. Of course, we know the greenbacks uh, was supposed to be redeemable after the civil war, yada, yada. Oh, so, so, somehow it wasn't. Crime of 1873, demonetized silver. Then we had an introduction of a gold standard uh, shortly thereafter. Then we got into, you know, unbacked paper and back paper. You let those circulate for a couple of decades. People started to have choices, alternatives. We had, I think, about seven different brand types of currency during this phase here. Then we get into the technological age with the introduction of computers and stuff like that. And then unbacked paper becomes more than backed paper. Silver is on its way out. Then we get into the digital age. So starting in the 70s, 60s, really, but 70s, when we went into this solely fiat currency standard, that's when it became the electronic digits, rather, became the primary source of money. And then here we are now. This is two years old, but 98, probably 99 percent all digital with very little paper. So you can see paper has been weeded out well after the metals were taken out. And then we were going solely digital anyway. So it was just a matter of time before we'd be all digital. And the paper or the digits are controlled and operated by the Federal Reserve. So anyway, it go, as long as we are using a centrally controlled currency, paper or digits, it's all a part of the same game. And that is just the trajectory we've been on. So um, what it looks like, how it's rolled out, if it works, nobody knows. But at the end of all this, According to the Bible, we're going to have a single currency. And so what better way to connect all these currencies other than make them interoperable in digital form so that people literally have no choice but to accept it or use something else. But then again, it's going to come with pushback. So but anyway, just uh, trying to put together what's happening, man, and uh, share my two cents on it. Death of the U.S. dollar as a reserve or reserve currency. Mark O'Sullivan. Uh, at some point, at some point, the world will have a viable alternative to the dollar and then the free market will choose what's best to use and of course the west is or the east or west is not going down without a fight so everything worthwhile comes to an end we know that now it's just a matter of how all right let's get this last call we got about two forty forty six minutes hello caller what's your name where you call for Hey, what's going on, Mike? My name is Mike also. I'm calling from the Bronx, New York City. Mike from the Bronx. What's going on, my friend? Man, nothing, man. I just uh, I was listening to your uh, podcast, and uh, I heard uh, one of the callers, like two callers ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking to uh, By the way, I must say, I have a lot of respect for the way that you humbly approach people when they talk to you, and mm-hmm. the way that you respond. I yeah. have a lot of respect for the way that you, you come oh, back to them. It. Appreciate it. But, uh, no doubt, bro. But, um... You know, the big thing is with this the uh, CBDCs and everything, I think it just you hit the nail on the head where you said that it's a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a way to control people. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i a business owner. I own a tattoo shop. And uh, during 2020, the whole lockdown that was over here, I was pretty much against it. And uh, when they allowed us, quote unquote, which I never really shut down. I just closed the curtains on my on my shop and All everything. Right. But when they allowed us to reopen, um. I'll tell you, I had a lot of state agents coming in and harassing me, and I stood up against it because mm-hmm. everything that was with those regulations that was happening, the mask and everything, goes against what I'm 
licensed in by the Department of Health. Right. Like, you know, you touch it, it's cross-contamination, you're spreading viruses and whatnot. So what they ended up doing was, I ended up actually being on the local news channel here, mm-hmm. and along with a lot of other businesses. And what, in response to that, Chase Bank shut down my bank account. Mm. And so what I'm assuming is when they have a CBDC for everybody, mm-hmm. that'll be the norm. If you speak up, if you go against anything, if you're not doing what they dictate you to do, right. they're going to shut you out. It's going to be easy. Right. They can't go in your pocket and take those words. I mean, even though the paper dollar is losing value and then it has been since, you know, the gold backing has been uh, removed from it in, what was it, 1971? Yes. But once we go digital, they by the click of a button, they can shut you off the system if they do not feel like you're going with their program. So right. that's the main reason why I think, and through my personal experience, mm-hmm. they're moving us all to CBDCs. And also, too, as, as a tattoo artist and a business owner, I mean, somebody can pay me in cash. Nobody knows about that right. for their tattoo. Right. If it's all digital, they know everything. And it's not even they as a person monitoring it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be automatic algorithms that are programmed to monitor you. And to me, it's going to, you're going to have certain things in those programs. You're allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do this. If this money is spent, you're automatically getting taxed. Right. And it's going to be in a millisecond. It's just going to be, like I'll tell you, here in New York City, too, you cannot drive three blocks without going below the speed limit. Otherwise, you're going to get a ticket because they have all these automatic cameras. And the camera takes a picture of your car, your license plate, yeah. sends you the ticket. And that's not a person doing it. That's right. a program. That's a that's some type of algorithm taking the picture and sending the ticket to you. That's not a person. Right. So not only is that eliminating jobs and making people, you know, uh, jobs are more scarce. So there's more people, less jobs because the machines and whatever, the technology is taking away from our jobs. But also, too, it's the same thing as the CBDCs. It's just another form of control. Right. So what, I, what, I, what I see what's happening out here mm-hmm. is, it seems to me just everything is becoming digitized. Like, even if you look at New York City and if you, if you zoom out, like, let's say you got in a helicopter mm-hmm. and you looked at it from an aerial view, to me personally, it looks like it's like a microchip or like it's like a motherboard in a computer. And what I think they're doing, with whether it be the, the Green New Deal and everything solar, what I'm noticing is that they're making everything electronic. Mm-hmm. I think that they're trying to kind of turn the world in, in, in a weird way into like a giant computer that can all be connected to the main database that they can control so much easier. So I, I think that the CBDCs mm-hmm. are just one of a fraction of a multitude of other things that they are doing to just literally connect us all into this, I guess, matrix type of system for right. complete control. Right. Hey, uh, I, I can understand and see exactly where you're coming from. That's why they introduced, you know, smart cities and they're, they've put, they, they, shrink everything down to smart gadgets, smart house, smart the ring doorbell, smart fridge, smart, everything's smart. And of course it's connected to some ultimate server. And of course, AWS, Amazon is in partnership with the government to help run the service for all of this. So yeah, that big club is, you know, definitely they have an agenda. So man, Hey, I appreciate you calling my friend. Good luck with what you're doing out there in the U.S. Thank you very much. Mike. Right. Take care. Have a good night. Yeah. Be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, some good thoughts tonight, man. Good thoughts tonight. And uh, yeah, once again, the goal is just to cover all our angles, try to navigate through this crazy world and basically be one step ahead in reference to what is being done and what they're trying to do to us so that we can resist, push back as best we can. The best way to push back is to, for, for the most part, non-compliance when 
been being confronted with something that you know goes against what you what you stand for. But ultimately, taking back matters into your own hands as best you can, and enjoying life along the way. So that's what it's about, man. But yet, as of right now, that the foundation of everything, of course, is the financial system, the monetary system, and that's where we're starting to see some issues and this uh, becoming hard to hide. And so confidence is everything. Without that, they can't continue to control the game. So let's pray and hope everything fails, that they are not able to execute their agendas with CBDCs and the control grid. And, of course, the, the, the digital ID and the health stuff has not gone away either. So you put all that together, you got a complete totalitarian society, similar to, like, you know, with Hunger Games. <laughs> you know, they put out enough movies to tell you about, you know, that's somebody's imagination that they would love to see brought into real life. And of course, we know all the entities at the top of the pyramid of power that I love to show uh, what they have in mind. So, all right, my good people, as always, it's good to connect and uh, share our two cents and hopefully learn from one another and try to talk through this stuff. And so I appreciate you guys spending time with me. And uh, if you haven't, definitely hit that button, show us some love for the channel. And of course, tell a friend, you know, try to spread the word so more people are able to plug in and just think outside the box and challenge one another. Because that's how we get better. So anyway, back at it tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, we, uh, I, I will try to get the uh, the guys hangout, give or take a schedule. But got some videos I'm trying to edit now to get out. So anyway, be blessed, be safe, and everybody have a good night. And I'll see you guys later. Shalom. Did you know that China is hoarding a massive amount of food? They will soon have over two-thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice, and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. So what does China know that we don't? China is the world's number one importer, relying on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. This makes them the canary in the coal mine when it comes to global food shortages. As Americans, we need to be prepared for potential food shortages. That's where 4Patriot Survival Food comes in. Their kits are compact, stackable, and have received a five-star review for their flavor and taste. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by using code RTD at checkout at 4 Don't wait. Prepare today. Once again, use code RTD at 4 and save 10% on your first purchase.